0: And learning is everyone's concern, right? You know, in this this framework of an ecosystem, it spurs that collective imagination that you're describing, right? And really allowing everyone's strengths and visions and dreams to kind of blend together to imagine what learning can be. That is critical for our future.
1: Welcome to Learning Unboxed, conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I'm your host and chief goddess of the PASS Foundation, Annalise Corbin. We know the current model for education is obsolete. It was designed to create fleets of assembly line workers, not the thinkers and problem solvers needed today. We've seen the innovations that are possible within education, and it's our goal to leave the box behind and reimagine what education can look like in your own backyard. Welcome to today's episode of Learning Unboxed. As always, I am super excited to talk with another great innovator in the transformative education space. And today we are going to be talking about peer networks as positive disruptors in the world of education. And I'm super excited about that because we've talked about all kinds of peer elements on Learning Unboxed um, over all of the episodes and every chance I get to talk about the importance of peer, peer work, peer networks, peer mentoring. It gets me super, super jazzed. And so joining us today is Stephanie Lewis, who is the Director of Relationships at Remake Learning. So Stephanie, welcome to Learning Unboxed. Thank
0: you, Annalise. Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. Very excited. As we set a little bit of context for our listeners as we get started here, Remake Learning is a free peer network for educators and innovators in the greater Pittsburgh region. And the network helps people connect, exchange knowledge, collaborate on new ideas, and improve their practice and find funding to spark more engaging, relevant, and equitable opportunities to enrich Pittsburgh's learning ecosystem. And the work that Remake Learning is doing is relatively unique, I feel like, in all of the different sort of peer conversations I've been able to have because this not just has educators, but it has entrepreneurs and innovators in the mix as well. So, Stephanie, give us a little bit of the sort of background about when, where,
0: and why Remake Learning. Yes. So, Remake Learning had its beginning back in 2007. And at this time, different people in Pittsburgh were coming together to really discuss the future of learning. Mm -hmm. Um, And this group included teachers, researchers, designers, roboticists, philanthropists, artists, and more. Um, And they really recognized at that time that the ways children were learning were changing and changing rapidly. And so they knew they needed to rethink how education worked in the greater Pittsburgh region. Um, And so they didn't know it at the time. We weren't using the term uh, learning ecosystem back Mm -hmm. in 2007, but that was definitely the beginning of the stewardship of our learning ecosystem for um, the Pittsburgh region. Right,
1: and you know it's really interesting because I think that the work that's happening in Pittsburgh, even way back in two thousand and seven, was absolutely spot on in so many ways. Because we do know that the the traditional educational system, as we've been experiencing it for the last hundred or so years, probably one hundred twenty or so, right? Just really, although doing exactly what it was designed to do way back when is really just not what the world needs today. And our students and our communities have become, I think over time, habitually disengaged from the educational opportunity and experience.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that is the, the spot on our mission for remake learning. Our intent is really to spark that engaging mm-hmm relevant, equitable learning experiences. And so we actually do this through our five core strategies and some principles as mm-hmm. well that have evolved over time. But that that is the engine of this network is really getting to creating the atmosphere and opportunities that really are sparking that engaging, relevant learning opportunity.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. I love that. So before
1: we sort of dig into a few of my really specific questions, let's let's make sure that we're really clear. What are those five things?
0: Yeah. So first one step back, we're serving more than 1200 members within Mm -hmm. our our peer network across 10 counties. And that includes, um, parts of the Northern region of Western Virginia, Mm -hmm. as well as Southwestern Pennsylvania. And our, through our five core strategies, we convene these members, um, bringing them together to really have opportunities to share what is working well, um, within their fields to, um, provide opportunities for them to come up with new ideas and also to collaborate. And so we we know, you know, people can work in their silos, but we definitely work better when we work together. So our first core strategy is to convene this diverse group, multi-sector group of individuals and organizations. The second strategy is coordinate. Um, and we do this by organizing our working groups and special projects. And these are smaller groups that come together around specific topics that usually come about organically or are or aligned to an emerging theme that we're seeing and learning in within our region also. The third strategy is catalyze. Catalyze. Um, we love to fund new learning programs and practices. One of our most popular catalytic funding opportunities um, is our Moonshot grant program, which started back in 2021. Um, And that is really an invitation to take risk, make small bets, and really push forward on um, envisioning what the future of learning can look like and taking those small incremental steps to actually move you towards that future. I love that. Awesome. <laughs> I love the Moonshot guys too. It's, it's definitely one of my favorite initiatives of Remake Learning. Um, the, the next strategy is celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, so we this is really, really important to us. In education, our educators, informal and informal, they n- never get the thanks and credit that is due to them. Um, so, we are really intentional about promoting and advocating for our educators as well as the learning innovations um, that, that come about. One of our initiatives that achieves this is our Remake Learning Days. Um, and that is an annual festival that exposes families and young people to the remarkable range of learning opportunities that are happening within their community. And this is now extended beyond the Pittsburgh region and includes different regions across the United States as well as internationally. Um, so we take our celebrations seriously. And we have this annual festival. And then the last core strategy is communicate. And this is all about sharing the local wisdom and knowledge that's coming about from our network members and telling stories of impact. Um, And so it's really important to not gatekeep the, Mm -hmm. the remarkable things that are happening. We really want to push that information as far as possible. So others can learn as well. Yeah, that's fabulous. I love the
1: five C's. That's great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, and every single
1: one of those elements that you highlighted are absolutely critical for long-term program success. No question whatsoever. So I love how deliberate the organization has been about saying these things are not just super important, but they matter so um, so desperately to the communities that we're trying to serve. That's fabulous. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So let's step back just a second and talk about this term ecosystem because it gets thrown around a lot we also use ecosystem we have an ecosystem although ours is ecosystem <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there but but the reality is it it's it's a uh, it's a term that has grown a lot in favor in the world of transformative education in particular and it's it's a term that although sometimes feel like um, folks communities um, entities feel like they own the the notion of an ecosystem it's it's really something that's been in existence for a very, very long time as a transformative mechanism. And the, the beauty of an ecosystem is that it's highly tailored to the local, the local version of this collective and collaborative thing. So mm-hmm. how does Pittsburgh and Remake Learning in particular think about, A, what an ecosystem is, and B, what the power of utilizing that rather than some other mechanism as
0: your sort of transformative driver? Right. So we consider an ecosystem as a way of understanding learning as something that happens across a wide variety of times, places, and contexts. And so it's a metaphor, right, for for all of the people and places and these experiences that contribute to lifelong learning, and so, on a practical level, we're working to really convene the schools, the early learning centers, all of these different components that contribute to our learning ec- ecosystem. And then implementing those five core strategies, I think, are really critical to being the thread that is needed to really help tie the ecosystem together and allow it to function effectively. And so, the strategies are really um, the basis of how we kind of steward and support the ecosystem. But yet yeah, we, we think that it is very critical mm-hmm. for, because in our region in particular, we have a number of stellar universities, schools, museums. We are just a melting pot of rich, rich assets when it comes to learning traditional and non-traditional. And we really want to just bring them together and allow the magic to kind of happen organically. Mm -hmm. I will note that we have a playbook that we've used, um, we've created some time ago now, but it's still very relevant. And all of those strategies are still very key in our implementation today. Um, that really outlines the inner workings that we do day in and day out to support our ecosystem. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow, that's fabulous. And I assume willing to share said playbook with communities that are interested. I mean, that's one definitely. of the beautiful things about ecosystems is they're all about sharing things, right? So definitely, but, but I have no doubt someone's little ears were just Um, perking up, they're like, oh my gosh, Um, you know, that's half (laughs) the battle right there. Maybe that would give me a, you know, a roadmap to get started. Right.
0: Yes, you can find our playbook on our website. Actually, all of Remake Learning's publications are available on our, re-site, on our website under resources. Perfect, perfect.
1: We will absolutely make sure we include a link in the show notes um, when this all goes um, live because I, I want people to not reinvent the wheel, right? That is one of my great frustrations with the world of education is we sometimes think we have the best ideas and often we have great ideas, right? But if we really right. step back and recognize a, the world is a really big place. And B, you know, in our modern era of technology, it's incredibly connected. Right. Yes. So, so there's 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 a lot of great ideas. There are a few new ideas, but mostly there are ideas that could be enhanced by working with and learning from others if we just reach out and grab the things, distill them, make them our own. That's the true value in the work that remake learning and others that are in this particular space honestly are giving to
0: the world world. Mm -hmm. And learning is everyone's concern, right? You know, in this, this framework of an ecosystem, it spurs that collective imagination that you're describing, right? And really allowing everyone's strengths and visions and dreams to kind of blend together to imagine what learning can be. That is critical for yeah. our future
1: yeah mm-hmm. absolutely a hundred percent I agree all right so let's let's dig in Stephanie a little bit into the actual way that remake learning does what it does because I had a lot of fun I will tell you digging through all the materials um, and digging through the things that I've seen in the press um, remake learning as part of the education reimagined sort of work as well right and so as I dug in you know one of the things that were really intriguing to me were some of the ways that you are approaching the opportunity for you to get engaged and really connect with the real world as part of their learning journey experience. And so for one and, and and please I know you've got numerous examples that you can share with us, but one of the things that I was I was struck by, and I honestly say when I saw it, I just, it it made me so happy, right, was um, a program that allows um, students or youth to be the storytellers of what's going on in the world of learning. So talk to us a little Mm -hmm. bit about that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe you're speaking to our youth voice program that that happened a while ago. Yeah. So one thing, it is important to kind of dismantle these power dynamics that we have, right? And, and so often, unfortunately, the, the youth and their voices and their needs are not centered um, in different learning settings. And so this was an opportunity to really recenter that and give them a podium and a microphone and really allow them to tell their story, share, share their experiences So that the adults can actually see from their point of view and identify ways and how to change it and make learning settings um, better. But, yeah, it, it is. Even since that program has existed, we've incorporated that priority and many other strategies and initiatives that we've carried out since then because we absolutely recognize, especially on the other end of that, that program, how important it is to give youth a voice and really value that voice, right? It's, it's, there's a difference in allowing students to have choice and allowing them to speak, but to actually implement change based on what they're sharing, it's a game changer changer. And sometimes it doesn't get carried out carried out that far. And instead it's like just giving them a choice. But no, it's like we wanna we wanna hear you, we value what you're saying, we're gonna actually Take actions on what you're sharing with
1: mm-hmm. us. Yeah, that is incredibly powerful, mm-hmm. and um, I'm reminded. I think pretty much every single day when I'm wandering around the past innovation lab, talking with and being around the the students of that very thing, right? Because they are passionate and they are so incredibly creative. And some of the greatest joy that I get to see on a daily basis is when a kid realizes that they have just incredible intrinsic and meaningful value Mm -hmm. to someone other than themselves or even their own peer group, right? So um, speaking of peers, so let's dig into a little bit of the way this notion of a peer network works? Because I do want to get into the weeds of how you actually, as an organization, do your work. So there are 1,200 members. And so what do these members do outside of those five C's? We understand that. But when it really comes to the roll up your sleeves, what do you think, or give us some examples of the value
0: of that work? Yes. So the beauty of having a diverse network is that people can enter and exit in a way that works for them and based on their own interests. Um, and so through our working groups, those that is a pathway for some, um, say, for example, someone may be very interested in personalized learning and how to implement personalized learning in a school setting or an out of school time setting. Well, they're able to join our working group, attend those meetings and really roll up their sleeves and develop uh, personalized learning frameworks that can be used um, by others. Um, so that's one example of you know, a specific interest that's your on-ramp into the network. And then we have other low stake kind of just friendly environment, social settings, opportunities where people can come and meet other network members. And this looks like having a coffee hour or a happy hour just to bring people together. And you can have a casual conversation and connect with an architect. And maybe you are the leader of an early learning center and you have been wanting to figure out how to create Architectural programming for your young learners, and so we see these very natural, organic connections happening um, through the different areas. And so I've given two examples. Another really great example are our meetups, which are also social. But this year we've taken we we've taken a bit of a twist with they're social, but you get to experience something together. Um, Our last one was at um, a great creative tech organization here in Pittsburgh called Deep Local, where people were able to network with other network members, but also get a a frontline tour of their facilities and learn about their apprenticeship programs that are happening. So really emerge, in immersive experience within a particular um, either tech company or something, some type of learning opportunity that they all can experience together, but also have time to network with each other. So really, our, you know, we try to provide as many of these experiences as possible throughout the year, um, and our members have, to- have told us time and time again, how valuable and enriching these experiences are because they get to meet people that they probably never would meet because they're in completely different sectors on completely different timelines, but somehow are doing work that is completely connected together once they get to learn about what each other are doing.
1: Yeah, that's really, really fabulous, and I can only imagine, honestly, how incredibly valuable those experiences are for the practitioners in the field. Because mm-hmm. what you're talking about are these, these, these peer opportunities for the adults within this ecosystem, right? And for mm-hmm. them to learn from and be inspired by each other, and that's incredibly powerful. So how then, how then does that translate, though, that collective set of experiences you just talked about? How does that directly translate then into impacting the programming and experiences that students ultimately have and I assume it's very different because you're talking about all of these different members and partners right who are all doing their own thing right so but do you have a sense of how these experiences that you as an organization are creating this incredible network at the end of the at the end of the day right how is that work translating into direct experiences for or opportunities for students
0: students. Yeah, and I, I don't have an actual, you know, number or or quantitative sure, sure. <laughs> measurement yeah. for this, but um we definitely see the impact from the stories that our members mm-hmm. share with us, yeah. right? Um and so we see the growth of programs. We see they see an increase in interest from the students that are attending or they're they're directly interacting with. Um, so you see these little sparks and mm-hmm. over time, you know, they're able to really identify growth or growth and participation or even just growth in their own collaboration with with each other that is directly impacting the impact. Of their program,
1: right, right, which mm-hmm. makes total sense. So let's let's um circle back around on that just a t- touch. And you you mentioned earlier that one of the the things that you are personally really excited about in your work were these moonshots grants. So, those are are catalyst dollars, it sounds like. So, can you tell us about a couple of them um, just as examples of you infuse this idea with this funding and then what happens? Because I think oftentimes folks participate in things like that. And, you know, some of them go on to do great things, but a lot of things fizzle. And I think they fizzle, you know, in many ways because there's not a support structure around that innovation or that opportunity. And what you're talking about through um, Remake Learning and the network and ecosystem that you've built first, it would seem to me, and I'm making huge assumptions here, right? that because there is this incredible peer network already in place, that the recipients of these grants, um, these folks who are, are, are being really incredibly innovative have kind of a leg up, if you will, as opposed to just some random innovator or entrepreneur that doesn't have a structure with them. I think that makes your opportunity really unique.
0: Yeah, and I would agree. There's definitely an advantage to having a network that is established to really bring these individuals and projects together and then providing the financial resources as well as other resources to really help kind of sure up the structure and the, the experimental uh, research component of these projects. Um, and so that that is exactly what this grant is intended to do. And then our team actually provides a lot of other support as well. We operate them as a cohort, and so it's even you know the design of the grant program is unique in that sense, where we're bringing you all in together. You're a group. We're we're share. We're providing opportunities for you to share with each other what you're doing, what you're learning, what shifts do you see happening, what is not working at all as well as, well, we've hit this huge wall and we don't know where to go. So even providing opportunities to have conversations around those things we found have been game changers for the Moonshot grantees. Um, I recall in one of our uh, meeting workshops, the midpoint workshop for the last cohort, and there was a grantee that was looking for um, different out-of-school time providers to partner with to carry out their project around theater in the theater arts, and they were having such a hard time connecting with people. And it was a beautiful thing because, like, I I knew of people, right? But the other grantees just started rattling off, "Oh, have." Have you connected with this group or this group? And I've worked with them before, and they were really good and very um, intentional and, and dedicated. And so, other opportunities came out of that that allowed them to um, overcome that challenge they were facing, and then to continue testing out their their work. Um, and so, you had asked for specific examples, and we've we've. We have five cohorts of them now. The last cohort was just awarded in November and there are 10 new grantees in that group. But one in particular that I think is really fascinating that was in one of the earlier cohorts is California area schools. Their project was around personalized learning. And so their question is, what if every student had an individualized education plan. So something that is typically reserved for um, special education or students with special needs, what if every student was provided the opportunity to have an individual education plan? And so they tested this out with a small group within their school district, um, which is one thing is really key to getting support from as many people across your school district as possible when you're testing these things out. Um, So they were fortunate enough that their superintendent was actually the lead on this and like backed it up wholeheartedly. Their board came on board as well um, and it worked really well. I think they actually ran more than one round of this and so even parents were jumping in and, and getting on board, and then more parents that learned about the program wanted their students to, to participate as well. And so even just giving another opportunity of also including the students and giving them voice in, in their l- learning as well was a game changer. But yeah, they're they're operating a lot of great programs. They have uh, a bee and apiary now and based on one of the interests of the students. So it's actually grown over time. And like I said, they were one of the earlier um, moonshot grantees. So it's been really nice to see this evolve. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's really fabulous. You know, I I, um, I think that the work that Remake Learning that's happening in the Pittsburgh region is incredibly powerful. And I think there are so many not just lessons learned, but opportunities forward, it sounds like, right, that can Mm -hmm. really be gleaned from sort of digging in and and understanding um, the work that's happening there. Because I think that the, the creating of a network and then the funding of cohorts of innovators It's only going to um, accelerate the transformation of the region as a whole. That's an incredibly powerful approach to thinking about how do we solve this big old giant hairy audacious problem (laughs) that is the current education system. And I think the thing that I appreciate the most about the way remake learning is approaching this is instead of tackling that big hairy audacious problem as a whole, you said we're going to tackle it in small manageable bite sized Pieces yes. that can be individually and group led that can, in fact, be meaningful.
0: Yes, yes. Wow. That is key. That yeah. is key because it is a huge challenge, right? Yeah. You, you, how do you eat an elephant? Right, one bite at a time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Yes. No.
1: I mean, I think that that should. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to wrap the our conversation on that because I don't know how we could top. That. And I think that that message to the rest of the world is an incredibly powerful one in the sense of just recognizing that these small innovative innovations honestly have the power to become big innovative transformations. Mm But that's only going to happen if they've got those local champions that the, the formals and informals have bought in and the community says, we can move forward. That's really, that's, that I think is the very definition of transformative. Yes, I agree. I agree. Wow. I'm blown away. <laughs> I really, really am. That is just so awesome. And I, I'm going to say it again, you know, to our listeners, please, 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 please go visit the website and f- find those resources that Stephanie says are hanging out there just waiting for you to digest them. And I have no doubt that um, if you reach out to um, anybody um, at Remake Learning, they would be happy to talk with you about your own journey. So Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today for the work that you do, um, the organization is doing and for taking time out of
0: your day to chat with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Annalise. This was fun. And I love that <laughs> um, and, and very grateful that we're able to share uh, what we're doing with your listeners.
1: Matt, Well, we really appreciate it. And uh, so thank you for being on Learning Unboxed. Thank you, thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin, and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.